0: Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. My name is Eleanor Lawrence, and I've been a part of this church for about eight years. I am a bolt, and I occasionally help out the Highland Blessing Dinner. Whatever your age, ability, origin, gender, race, identity, orientation, or background, if you want to worship with us, you are welcome. Here, we have found the diversity of belief and opinion add depth to the experience of community. In this community, we have found that we need not think alike to love alike. We are united, therefore, not by creed, but by a covenant to support each other on the spiritual journey and to work together for a better world. If you are visiting for the first time, we ask that you fill out one of the blue visitor cards in the pew pocket in front of you. If you'd like to know a little more about our church and the Unitarian Universalist movement, you can request a call from our minister, Reverend Barbara Jarrell, or from our Director of Religious Education, Susan Caldwell. Reverend Gerald is preaching this morning at Lubbock, Texas. She will be back at the pulpit next week for our Easter service, which will feature special music from our choir, an inclusive communion, and an Easter egg hunt after the service. And speaking of the Easter egg hunt, the Easter Bunny is once again requesting help with the egg supply. If you can bring a dozen filled plastic Easter eggs to church before next Sunday, please talk with Susan Caldwell well, or look with one of the Easter egg signs around the building to find out more. This morning's service is a multi-generational celebration of our just completed religious education pillar concerning peace, social justice, and the interdependent web. Visitors, please consider yourselves invited to all of our activities and events, which are listed in the insert in your order of service. We need volunteers for the Highland Blessing Dinner this week, when many of you our partner congregations, will be busy with Monday Thursday services. As we... Um, and Mr. Eric would like to say a few announcements.
1: Thanks, Eleonora. If... if uh you haven't been to the Highland Center dinner, you should come. It's a lot of fun. Uh, first, I want to thank everybody that came out for building the grounds yesterday. They, they, got, the, they got the host um, put out to the trees, so now our trees, are going to get, our live oaks are going to get water. Um, and I also want to say that we're going to have a party. Right? So it's going to be food, fun, frivolity, maybe a little dancing. But most of all, it's going to be lots of painting. So we're going to do the social hall, it's going to be May 26th, we're going to put on the first coat, Uh, sorry, April 26th we're going to put on the first coat, May 3rd we're going to put on the second coat, there's a sign up sheet out in the foyer, you can sign up for either of the shifts, there are two shifts for each day, you can sign up for any of the shifts or all of the shifts if you want, Um, so I hope to see you there, thanks.
0: As we prepare to enter the spirit of worship, please remember to turn off or silence your electronic devices. Thank you very much, and again,
2: welcome. Hail, guest! We ask not what thou art. If friend, we greet thee hand and heart. If stranger, such no longer be. If foe, our love shall conquer thee. In the light of the chalice this morning, we have the words of John Muir. May I have my bolts, please? These are our bearers of light and tradition. This morning, they are Gretchen Upton and Andrew Lawrence. And as I said, in the light of the chalice this morning, we hear the words of John Muir, who said, when we try to pick anything out by itself we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. Today, we remind ourselves to notice those connections, to respect them, to celebrate, and strengthen them.
1: In association with other Unitarian Universalist congregations, we have identified seven principles and six sources upon which our congregation builds and from which our our tradition has emerged. Through the year we lift up these uh, we lift these up a few at a time for our consideration and focus. Always in worship we celebrate our first principle, which is the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Always in worship we celebrate our first source, direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to renewal of the sphere and openness to the forces which create and uphold life. As spring takes hold, we appreciate the resurgence of life that surrounds us and runs through our veins. During this part of our church year, our focus becomes the web of life. We look at our place as an earthlink by, uh, by acknowledging our seventh principle, respect to, for the in, of the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. The other lighted candles represent the principles and sources we have previously highlighted.
2: So it's Palm Sunday on the Christian calendar, and I can think of no more fitting time to have a service celebrating our pillar on peace, social justice, and the interdependent web. As is the nature of the web itself, as our second through fifth graders will tell you about in a little bit, everything we lift up and learn about and celebrate here at church is related to every other thing. And so we don't leave the man Jesus behind when we finish our pillar on Jewish and Christian heritage. Having just finished a Bible class with the adults and having moved in our liturgical calendar from the season of the friend to the season of the earthling, it's fitting that we're reminded of Jesus and his ministry on this earth. For those of us who may not know the story or might need a refresher, Palm Sunday celebrates the day that Jesus, nearing the end of his life, rode humbly and yet triumphantly into Jerusalem on a donkey in fulfillment of a prophecy in Zechariah that said shout aloud O daughter Zion, lo your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt the foal of a donkey. Now the Gospel of Matthew quotes this prophecy but with one big difference He leaves out the part about triumphant and victorious. Do you think he made a mistake or do you think maybe that was on purpose? I'm asking. What do you think? Think it was on purpose? I think so too. A lot of people think so. And um, I wanted to credit, there's a wonderful magazine and it's also a website called Sojourners. And it's a, very, it's a liberal Christian perspective on um, a lot of different biblical themes and social issues. It's just, there's some wonderful writers there and I really do recommend it. And I have to credit a man named Adam Erickson for kind of his take on this story. Um, the, the writer of the Matthew Gospel left out those words intentionally... Because Jesus was bringing a different kind of gospel. Now, some of you may remember from your Protestant Sunday school, and and I think we've talked about it in our class too, the meaning of the word gospel. Anybody remember that? I heard it. Say it again. Good news. Good news. Well, what's gotten lost in the translation over the years is this word was used widely, not just by early Christians, but... When the Roman army went around like invading and taking over countries and territories left and right and raping and pillaging and plundi- plundering, they would actually say, we bring you the gospel according to Caesar. This was the good news that Caesar's enemies were all killed and he was victorious. They actually called this the Pax Romana or the Peace of Rome, not pox like a disease, but P-A-X like peace, as in they brought peace through violence. And that's really kind of what they thought they were doing. It was politics as usual, not picking on the Romans. There were lots of um, societies that did that. Jesus brought a new kind of gospel of love, of forgiveness, and of humble service. He talked about the kingdom of God, not as some kingdom of riches or something far away, but as something we could bring right here, right now, by treating the least of these, the poorest of the poor, the ones without a voice in the society, with kindness and love and mercy and justice. And so even his entrance into the city was deliberate, deliberately contrasted to the way a Roman ruler would come in on a fine white horse declaring victory. He rode in on this humble little donkey and this was a political statement because people went wild in the streets, you know, If the people were silenced, the rocks and stones themselves could not contain their joy. People were excited because he had brought a new kind of kingdom and not by violence and coercion. Did he succeed? Not in the immediate moment, but in the long term. He's taught us. He's taught us to keep working for that kingdom. And so it isn't a leap at all this connection of today, Palm Sunday, to our celebration of peace and social justice and our place in the interdependent web. Jesus said, when I was hungry, you gave me to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. We are here to serve and to stand with the least of these for each other, for our community, for our planet. We'll now hear from our second through fifth grade class who've written some poetry for us.
1: The interdependent web symbolizes the link between people and people, people and nature, and nature and nature. We've written some poems. um, Truth is a glorious treasure. My hidden spirituality. Celebrate a universalist God. Hold the justice of wonderful grace. And another one, it's called rain. Drip, pitter-patter, wetness falling on my head from the high up clouds.
2: And they'll be back in just a little bit. Um, I wanted to announce a change for our um, offertory this morning. You will get to hear some Jesse Winchester a little bit later but right now we have live music. Richard asked me, is Jesse Winchester playing the guitar? I said, I wish, he died this weekend which is why I wanted to feature. But but I don't wish because we have Mason Upton who is is, is delightful to have here. So, so um, and if our bolts will take the offering today. This is the great end of all the world's faith traditions, to bring the human being closer to the divine by acts of creation and compassion. We now take an offering that allows us to exercise that all-important generosity of spirit, an offering that will support this self-supporting church and its ministries. If you'll join me now in the spirit of prayer. Take the time to sit back in your seat. Set your papers down. You can close your eyes if you like. Let your shoulders relax down from your ears. As you inhale, exhale slowly and let them relax again. great creative source, light in which we live and move and have our being, we pause now to feel and to remember and to honor the many ways in which each one of us is connected to every other one and to all life, knowing we rest in this web that is at once so very strong and so very fragile. Seeing each thread as it is connected directly to us and hitched to the universe, we renew our vow to sustain it as it sustains us and to care for each other as we seek, unashamed, the care that we ourselves may need in return. Resting in our small part of the web, even as we hold its entirety in our hands, we take this knowledge, this gift, this responsibility with us into the silence. I'd like to bring our second through fifth graders back up again now to talk to us about something they talked about in their class this time, which was, do your words have weight or wings? And I'll let them explain more about that. The
0: thing about words is that, it can, is that they can have many meanings. They can hurt people. They can weigh people down. They can lift people up. If you say to someone maybe a sentence that involves hate, stupid, ugly, that'd probably weigh them down. That's why those words are commonly known as weight words. Wings words could be, I don't know, thank you, please, and those tend to lift people up. They're called wing word, wing wings word, multiple words. So basically, that. <laughs> um, the poem that we said earlier, the one that was not about rain, that was made up of the wing words that we that we learned about in class. Truth is a glorious treasure, my hidden spirituality. Celebrate a universalist God, hold the justice of wonderful grace. A lot of those are Wing's words. Grace, wonderful, justice, celebrate, spirituality, treasure, glorious, glorious, truth.
1: Pretty much.
2: Andrew, Eleonora, and Gretchen. And their teacher this time was Amanda. Um, and, and thank you very much. So, a couple of weeks ago, I told a story here. I told it again at the Highland dinner that same week. So, I'm not going to tell the whole story again for those of you uh, who would end up hearing it three times. Um, but as my father would say, you haven't heard it today. The story was about a large group of frogs which I found out is called a chorus of frogs and they were traveling through the jungle when two of the frogs fell into this impossibly deep hole and the two frogs that fell into the hole well they jumped and jumped trying to escape the hole and their friends above were looking down helplessly and the other frogs had no way to pull them up and they started yelling to them hey hey we're sorry you're gonna die. And one of the frogs was getting very tired and very discouraged. And the more he heard this, of course, he was getting more and more discouraged. And he got so worn out that he just lay down and he said, that's it, I'm going to die. And he just prepared to die. But his friend beside him, he just kept jumping and jumping until finally, with one very last jump, he managed to grab hold of this nearly dead frog friend and jump high enough to get them both to the top. And both frogs were panting and exhausted, but the more energetic one managed to make it to his feet as the others crowded around and said to him, how'd you ever manage to jump that high? We really thought you were a goner. And the hero frog just kind of smiled at them and and looked at his friend who was like almost passed out, but with his, you know, very little breath that he still had, lifted his weary head and said, oh, he's deaf. He thought you were cheering him on. So thank you for laughing again. I do appreciate that. So, I tell it again because, for one thing, teachers learn that repetition is a good way to make a story really stick. Maybe not two weeks later, but still, it's a good way to make a story stick. But also because our words do matter. Our words do have weight or wings, as the kids so beautifully told us. And in this case, the negative words literally had weight, and it was deadly. And yet those same words, absent the sounds looked like a big cheering section, shouting words with wings. And that made the difference of life and death. So like our words, our actions, and the causes to which we devote our energy can have weight or wings as well. We have a chance every week, probably every day, to do things here in our community to provide more wings than weight to those among us so greatly in need of those wings whether we do the Highland dinner on Thursday nights, whether we work with interfaith on the various issues we're working on in the legislature right now, or through our ministry to each other right here in this congregation by teaching religious education, by bringing something for a potluck, running copies. We're all ministers. We're all religious educators. We all can have a ministry with wings. So it's a question you can ask yourself as you go out from here this week. Do my words have weight or wings? Do my actions weigh down others in my family, among my friends, in my community, or am I lifting them up and helping them grow their own wings? Take the question with you. Write it down if you want to. Stick it in your pocket. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your book bag when you go to school or your computer at work. Spend the week living with the question, and I'd love to hear from you.